Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. What's up, FC? Welcome to the podcast. As always, I'm Bobby. I'm very glad to make your oral acquaintance, your ears, your sound sound thing. Anyway, before we get to the sermon, here's what's happening at Foundations Church. Market Day. Market Day is happening this Sunday. It's a great chance to talk to connect group leaders, get to know the people you'll be doing life with for the next semester, maybe get up on the right foot with these people, you know, because they're your church. It's kind of like your family. It actually is your your family. Honestly, it's like we're all the same body. We're the body. Anyway, that's kind of weird. It looks like it may rain. So if it does rain, no big deal. We'll move it inside. We're still going to have, you know, white and red flannel picnic blankets and lemonade and snow cones. And also, I'd like to know who's listening to the podcast. So if you want to like, I don't know, have any suggestions or just say hi or whatever, you can always talk to me at church. I'm that one guy with the beard and the camera. That's right. I, I have the camera. And also, you can hit me up on Facebook at facebook.com slash Bobby with the beard. And uh, please be nice because I get my feelings hurt easily. Anyway, without any further ado, here's Pastor Good morning, Justin Foundation Graves. Foundation Church. Good to see everybody today. Is everybody doing well out there? Let's try that one uh, more. That sucked. Um, how's everybody doing out there? There we go. There we go. There we go. Hey, Foundation Church, will you do me a huge favor and welcome all the college students back um, from college break? We are so glad to have you all back. And um, if you are a college student, whether you are going to TU, to ORU, to TCC, even OSU, um, you know God's doing something to me right now. Um, um, OU, whatever it may be, this week we just want to give you a free t-shirt. Um, just absolutely free, no strings attached. Um, we've got a table, and you're, when you're walking out, if you're a college student, um, just look to the right in the lobby. We've got a t-shirt that we would love to just give you. It's not a junky t-shirt. T-shirt. They're really great T-shirts. They're soft. They're comfortable. They're American Apparel, and they feel really good. And we just want to say thank you for being here. We know there's a ton of choices you could make um, to come to church, and we value our college students here. So welcome back, and we're glad to have you back home. Um, today we're in a series called "In the Moment." And this is a series we started last week talking about every moment has a beginning. And many of us, we have yet to begin our moment. And what do you do when the, from the beginning to the final moment in the meantime? How's your marching? And if you missed it, go back and listen to it because it will help you. But today I want to talk about exactly what the title of our series is in the moment, like I wanna talk about that because many of us, we get in the moment and we get consumed by the moment. Now I know none of us have done things or operated doing things and that you do something before you really think about it. Um, every man, every adult male in this place uh, 
you have acted before thinking and your wife or other people or your parent has looked at you and said, what were you thinking? And you said the scholarly words of, I don't know. And I, I, I am guilty of getting caught up in the moment. I, I'm, I'm guilty of getting caught up in things. Um, uh, several years ago, probably 17 years ago, Casey and I have been married. It'll be 18 years this September. 17 years ago, Casey and I went on a jet ski for the first time. And if you know me, um, I have one speed, and it's the fastest speed it can be. Um, I like to go fast. If there's a button to push down and it goes faster, there's no reason to have it in the in-between stage. God made it and put it there for a reason. You know, put it to the throttle. I mean, just put it down to the ground. Let it go. And so um, Casey and I get on a jet ski, and I'm like, this is going to be so much fun. And she's hanging on to the back, and it was her first time to ride with me. And I remember we're out there with uh, one of my interns. Um, his parents had some jet skis, and we're going around. And I take a turn real quick. And I don't tell Casey I'm turning real quick. And Casey goes flying off the back of the jet ski. And she like skips on the water like, and I look, I was like, that was awesome, babe. And she's like, that was not awesome. She's like, don't do that again. I'm like, okay, I will not do that again. She got back on and we went out to Grand Lake. And some of you, you've never been, I've never been out to Grand Lake. Well, they have like yachts on Grand Lake that put up this massive wake, like massive, beautiful wake. And if you ride a jet ski, you're looking for things to jump at all times. And so I saw a yacht and I saw this wake and I'm like, yes. And so I throttle it and I'm like, hang on, babe, we're gonna make a jump. And we get like as close to the yacht as I can get. I mean, just as close without killing ourselves. And we hit that thing going like 50 miles an hour. And we launch up into the ground, up into the air. And I'm like, yeah, like this. And Casey's like, no. And we hit and the jet ski turns over, boom, like this. Like the jet ski is completely upside down. And we go flying and I come up and I don't see Casey. And so I go down, I think Casey's strapped. Well, when I go down, Casey comes up out of the water. And she's like, Justin, Justin, I'm looking for my wife under the, the sea dew or the jet ski. And so when I come up, Casey goes down. I'm like, Casey, Casey, where are you? And she's under looking for me. And then I just, it happens again. And I go down again. And she's like, where are you at? And I come up. And I'm like, Casey. And she's like, Justin. And I'm like, you're alive. <laughs> and she's like, I hate you. I, I am never getting on a jet ski with you again. Take me back. And I'm like, she's crying, and I'm like, but it was fun. <laughs> and she has said this, and she says this to her dying day, and it'll probably be the last sentence she says in her life. Just because you think it's funny doesn't mean it is funny. Um, and I argue with her every time. Here's the deal, she will not get on a jet ski with me still to this day, no lie. She won't do it, and I don't blame her. Um, and, and, and I got caught up in the moment. I, I got caught up with the fun. I, it, was, it was gonna be fun, and it, was, it, it is memorable, but you know, it, it, was, it was fun, but there was a fallout from me getting caught up in the moment. And for you and I, there are gonna be moments that as humans, as people, and this isn't a teenager or a college thing, this is a 
person, living human being thing that we're gonna get caught up in the moment. Football season's coming, folks. You're getting ready to get caught up in the moment. I remember when OU was playing and they got destroyed by USC and we're watching it at a party and I'm like screaming. At the, I, was, I used to be one of those OU fans that was just ridiculous and stupid and I'm screaming at the TV and I'm like this and we've got all these friends around and there's a little baby right here. And I'm like, come on you idiots, like this. And the little baby's like, Aah. get caught up in the moment. There was damage done to that little baby. <laughs> Here's the deal is that I wanna to talk to you about not letting yourself get caught up in the moment. That in the process of it all, you sacrifice God's purpose and his plan for your life. And our text today is gonna to be found in Genesis chapter 25, verses 27 through 34, and it says this, as the boys grew up, Esau became a skillful, skillful hunter. He was an outdoorsman, but Jacob had a quiet temperament, preferring to stay at home. So two brothers, Esau and Jacob, they're completely opposite people. It says this, Isaac loved Esau because he enjoyed eating the wild game Esau brought home, but Rebekah loved Jacob. And let me say this, I, I, I didn't say this in first service, this is free today, um, but if you want to create a, 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 just a total house that doesn't work, a dysfunctional home, start favoring your kids. Just because you relate to one kid doesn't mean you should love that kid more. And when you become, when you create favorites, it doesn't mean that you treat them the same. I get that you've got to, dis I get it. But you can't love one kid more than the other, otherwise there's going to be resentment between the siblings. And if you wanna create a dysfunctional family, start playing favorites. Anyways, that was free, that has nothing to do with today. Um, one day when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau arrived home from the wilderness, exhausted and hungry, and Esau said to Jacob, I'm starved. Give me some of that red stew, and this is how Esau got his other name, Edom, which means red. All right, Jacob replied, but trade me your rights as the firstborn son. Look, <laughs> I love this, you've been there, you've said this, I'm dying of starvation. What good is my birthright to me now? But Jacob said, first, <laughs> you must swear that your birthright is mine. It's so like a little brother at this moment. So Esau swore an oath, thereby selling all his rights as the firstborn to his brother, Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and lentil stew, some bean soup, and Esau ate the meal, then got up and left, and he showed contempt, contempt for his right as the firstborn. When I read this story, um, it, it helps to know the significance of the birthright. It helps to know what, the, so you gave your birthright, Esau, but, but what does that mean? Because if you don't know what it means, it doesn't really have that much significance. The birthright in Hebrew tradition, in the Hebrew culture was this. If you were the firstborn son, you got a double portion of the inheritance. So when your parents died, you got twice as much stuff, as much money, um, or back then as much, twice as many sheep and goats and livestock and land and all this other stuff than the rest of your siblings. It was a big deal. And here's the deal. Esau and Jacob's dad was loaded. And this is a massive, massive deal. But it doesn't just stop there is that 
as part of your birthright, when you are the firstborn, you become the head of your family. Your extended family, you are the head of the family. You are the leader of the family. And it plays this huge, important role uh, as a firstborn. And, as right, and Esau sells his birthright for nothingness, for, for a bowl of chunky Campbell's soup, in essence. He gives, can you imagine, can you imagine your parents are loaded, okay? That's fun to imagine right there. Your, your, your parent, you're like, man, you're so rich, this is awesome. And unfortunately, they pass away, but they leave you an inheritance, and you know you're gonna get all this inheritance. Can you even function in your mind Selling your double portion of the inheritance. You're going to get twice as much as your little brother and your annoying little sister. You're going to get tw- and you say, you know what? I'll give all that away for a bowl of soup. No. You're like, I, w- I would never give that away for a bowl of soup, but Esau does. And he gets caught up in the moment that he sacrifices his leadership, he sacrifices his significance for nothing. And the crazy thing is we think, well, this is just a a thing that only Esau's done. No, 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 no. This plays out week after week, day after day, all around the world. You see men and women who are talented, who are smart, who have it together. Man, who who have, have got this wonderful and beautiful life. And they sell the significance that God has given them, the purpose that he has for them. They sell their significance for nothing. And there's a warning from this story that Esau shows us. And our warning is our first point, and it's simply this, is don't exaggerate the present and sacrifice your future. If if there's a big lesson we can take, a, a, a thing not to do, it's this. Don't exaggerate your present circumstances, your present situation. Don't exaggerate it and sacrifice your future. Let's go back to verse 32. It says, look, I'm dying of starvation, said Esau. What good is my birthright to me now? The pressure of the moment distorted Esau's reality. The way he felt ended up affecting his future. He let his feelings run and in part ruin his future of what he could be because he exaggerated the present moment. And many of us, you know what, we exaggerate the present moment that we find ourselves in. We exaggerate what the circumstances we find our life in. Well, nobody cares about me. Well, people just don't get it. People just don't know what it's like to be me. Nobody understands me. Well, you would do it too if you knew what it was like. And we use these extreme, exaggerating phrases to kind of make our present situation and the way we're conducting ourselves and the decisions we're making okay, but that's not okay. We're exaggerating our present situation and as a result, we're sacrificing, we're forfeiting our future, and can I tell you, your, your present situation is very, very, very rarely ever worth sacrificing your future for. Your present circumstances, man, it is very rarely worth forfeiting your future moments for, because here's what I know, is that God has great, he has purpose for you. 
He he has great plans for you. And when we buy in and when we sell in and when we sell out to instant gratification instead of delayed progress, we exaggerate our present situation and we sacrifice our future. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 11 says this. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned or understood like a child. But when I became a man, I gave up childish ways. The NIV says, I put away childish ways. Children buy into instant gratification. They, they don't understand delayed gratification. It's all about now, now, what's happening now, what's going on, I want it now, I want this now. If, if you go to any sort of grocery store, you will see this play out. Every time a parent is wanting to check out, those people at the grocery store have put the toys and the gum and all the little stupid things that you hate as a parent down at your kid's eye level. And they're gonna go, mom, 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 I I want that, I want that. And you're like, you have 20 of them, Billy. And they're like, no, but I I want that one. It's different, it's a different color. And you're like, you're you're not getting that one. And they start to throw a fit. You've seen it play out? No, I want it now. I saw a kid at Target the other day. I said Target at church, I know. Um, But I I saw a kid at Target the other day and they were like, and they screamed all throughout the entire store. And I just wanted to follow that, that mom and say, whip him. Just whip that butt. Just whip him. Or at least get right into his ear and give him the hot air like, you better shut up right now. Make your ear so hot it's gonna burn off with my, with my, with my, 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 with my, with my whispers. Whispers of death will make you fear me. You've done it, parent, like, I'm gonna hit you so hard. <laughs> Just we wait when we get home in the car because they have cameras in the parking lot. But when we get to the house, I'm gonna whip you. <laughs> they they don't understand the late. But but dinner's in ten minutes. They they don't care. Dinner's in ten minutes. They want candy now. And the Bible says, when I was a child, I thought like a child. I acted like a child. I reasoned I understood like a child, but when I became a man, I put it away. I I put away delayed gratification. I I, I put away exaggerating the present so that I can make the most of my future. You know what the Bible doesn't say? It didn't say that this just naturally occurs, that it naturally happens, because it doesn't. And where many of us have gotten stuck is that we have failed to become a man or woman of God, and we're still acting like a child. We're still thinking like a child. We're still reasoning like a child. Well, God wants me to have it. God, maybe he doesn't want you to have it. Maybe it's not now. Maybe it's wait. And we throw our tempter train, but God, I want it now. And it's time for you to put it away before it puts you away. Because some of you, you keep reasoning, you keep buying into instant gratification, you keep saying, man, you keep getting lost in this moment, in this moment, in this moment, and it's cost you your future moments. It's limited the choices you have now. And listen to me, if you're here and you're in college or you're in high school, hear me out. Don't exaggerate your present situation. Don't exaggerate your feelings and sacrifice your future. I love what Ecclesiastes says in chapter 10, verses one through two. It says, 
as dead flies cause even a bottle of perfume to stink. So a little foolishness spoils great wisdom and honor. And I want some of you, man, some of you, you need to write this down because this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. So a little foolishness spoils great wisdom and honor. A wise person chooses the right road. A fool takes the wrong one. And this verse, man, it screams out to me. Don't allow yourself, don't allow a moment to spool, to spoil great wisdom and knowledge, to, to, to ruin wisdom and honor, because it just takes a little bit of foolishness. It just takes getting caught up in the moment. Now, I say this all the time, but it's so true, and I love this saying, don't give up what you want most for what you want now. Don't give up what you want most. Don't give up what marriage you want. Don't give up what you are looking for in a spouse. Don't give up in what you want for a job. Don't give up what you're wanting to do with your life. Don't give up what you want most in your life to what you want now, to what's convenient now, to what's available now. But hold out for what you want most. Don't exaggerate your present and sacrifice your future. If we, if we can get that, if we can hear that warning, man, it will make such a big difference. But, but here's how we do that. Here's how we don't exaggerate the present situations. Here's how we don't let our, few, our feelings run our future is that we, our second point, we let our nearsight vision lead us to our long-term goals. And I know this sounds contradictory, so stick with me for just a little bit because some of you are like, wait a second, I think it's the opposite. I'm dyslexic anyway, so this makes really good sense to me. Let your nearsight vision lead you to your long-term goals. Ephesians chapter five, verse 15 through 17. This is my creed verse. Um, Joel LaCourse, a couple of months ago, talked uh, in one of our church services that you have to have a family creed, a bedrock scripture that you kind of base your life on. This is mine. Ephesians 5, 15 through 17 says this. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, don't be foolish, don't fool yourself, but understand or own up to what the Lord's will is. I. I when I read this, and I, I, I've studied this, and I, 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 I'd probably go over the scripture twice a month. Here's, here's what I know, is that it's almost, you gotta get verse 17 down before 15 and 16 are gonna become a reality in your life. And for a lot of us, we don't know, we don't understand what the Lord's will is right now for our life. We don't know what his purpose is for us. We don't know what's going on. And we think this is just something that hits when you're in your 20s or when you're in your 30s or when you're in your teens. But I know 60-year-olds that don't know what the Lord's will is. They're not stepping up. They're not owning up to what God's purpose is for their life. And if you don't understand, if you don't know what God's will and his purpose is for your life, listen to me. You can't be wise. You can't make the most of every opportunity because you don't know what opportunities you need to be saying yes to and what opportunities you need to be saying no to. You run after every opportunity instead of the God opportunity. And for some of us, that's us. 
And today, we, we, we've got to understand what is the Lord's will for me? What is his plan? What is his purpose for me? Because once I understand what his plan, what his purpose is, then I can be very careful how I live. Not as unwise, but as wise, and I can make the most of every opportunity. Now, I said earlier, let your nearsight vision lead you to your long-term goals. Um, I wear contacts every day, and at nighttime, I take my contacts out because I cannot sleep with contacts. And as a result, I put my glasses on, um, and I hate, hate wearing glasses. Um, I just despise it because I feel like it makes my nose look even bigger. Um, just to let you in on a little process of Justin. And so, and that does not need to happen. And so, um, I just don't wear glasses until it's like nighttime and everybody's in bed. And so, I put my glasses on and uh, when, when I get up in the middle of the night, I can't see anything. Like, literally, I know that I exaggerate present situations. I understand that. It's my personality. But, Literally, I can see something about this far away when I have my contacts out. Anything further than this, I'm not seeing it. I mean, I can see the shape, but I can't see it. And so this happened this week. Monday, uh, I got up in the middle of the night to use the restroom because I'm getting old. And, um, <laughs> and in the midst of uh, using the restroom, I turn around and all of a sudden, Nighttime, probably 1.30, I'm not sure. Just I know it's late and it's dark and I wanna be in bed and I'm tired. And I turn around and I see a silhouette of the scariest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Have you ever seen the ring with the creepy girl with the long hair like in the corner like <laughs> and scratching fingers? I saw like a little demon-possessed girl right ahead of me. And I didn't go get my Bible. I didn't start like praying. I was freaked out. And my adrenaline starts going, I see this, I'm like, oh. <laughs> I said it, like everybody's asleep. I go, oh, and all of a sudden, this is what I did. I punched it, I grabbed it. Choking that little girl. Oh, God, I've seen the exorcist. You ain't gonna spin your head and throw up. I'm, cho I'm, I'm choking that demon-possessed child. I'm talking to it, and then literally, like, after a while, I realize I literally have a hold of my wife's robe. This robe, this is exactly what it was. And, and like, I'm, I'm seeing it play out, but the, the, it took me getting close in order to see it. And then I started laughing. I was like, you're so ridiculous, but my adrenaline's going. I'm like, I totally own that little girl. Because um, you never see somebody punch the little girl in the face, right? I'm like, I'm gonna punch it in the face. So, I had to get close enough so I could see what it really was. Because what it seemed it was, <laughs> was not what it truly was. And can I tell you, situations and people aren't always what they seem. A, a relationship isn't always what it seems. An opportunity isn't always what it seems. But you gotta get close enough to where you can see what this person really is. You gotta get close enough so you can see what the opportunity really is.
what the situation is really about so that it can lead you to your long-term goal. Proverbs chapter four, verse seven says this, the beginning of wisdom is get skillful and godly wisdom. It's preeminent. And with all you're acquiring, with all you're getting, get understanding. Actively seek spiritual discernment, mature comprehension, and logical interpretation. You gotta get wisdom, and you gotta get understanding. And one of the ways you get wisdom and you get understanding is through time. You, it just takes time. It takes time to get wisdom. That's why you don't see a bunch of 13-year-old kids and a bunch of like older adults going, so, so what do you think about this? You know, tell me, to give me your wisdom and understanding about what I should do financially with my retirement. You know, I just don't get it. No, 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 because they don't have wisdom and understanding at that point. But many of us, we're, we're in our 50s, we're in our 40s, and we still don't have wisdom and understanding because we constantly get lost in the moment. We're constantly just living for the moment instead of looking and planning for the future. We're constantly getting consumed by the moment, and we haven't let our close, our nearsight vision lead us to our long-term goals. We just step into mistake after mistake, into relationship after relationship, into opportunity after opportunity that isn't the right opportunity. It's just the next opportunity. And you haven't been wise because you haven't understand what God's will is. And so you can't get wise and you can't make the most of every opportunity because you're not getting close enough to see what's this opportunity all about. You haven't gotten wisdom and you haven't gotten understanding. And instead of it leading you to the next God opportunity, it's cost you the next opportunity. And the Bible says this, though it cost all you have, get wisdom and get understanding. Take the time to know who that person really is you're getting in a relationship with. Are they not just who you want to take home to mama, but are they who you want to do life with for the rest of your life? Is this it? Is this opportunity really a, a, a God opportunity, or is this just kind of a hollow promise that's going to fall apart? Are these people people I should be surrounding myself with? Are they really who they seem to be? Are they really going to lead me into the life God's called me to? Because, man, who... Don't be fooled, the Bible says. Bad company corrupts good character. Adults, that applies to you. There's not an age limit on it. Are, are these people really who they say they are? Are they gonna really help me walk in a better relationship and make the most of every opportunity? Or is this relationship gonna cost me? Allow your near sight vision to lead you and advance you and your long-term goals. Take the time to get to know who people really are and what opportunities really are. And the second thing I would say about that, about how you get wisdom is this. James 1.5 says this, and I'm closing with this. It says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. If you need wisdom, if you don't know what to do, if you don't have wisdom about something, ask. Go for the big Ask, ask away, ask God, and he promises, James 1.5 says, he will give it to you. He will answer, it doesn't mean he's gonna answer you right away. It doesn't mean he's gonna be like, yes. It may be wait, it may be no. But if you're lacking wisdom, ask, and he 
We'll give it to you. When's the last time you really asked God, man, God, I just don't know about this opportunity. I need wisdom about it. Man, I just don't know about who I'm surrounding myself with. Are, are these the people that I should be surrounding myself with? And when's the last time you ask God for wisdom, you ask God for understanding? When's the last time that you said, man, God, I, I don't know if this is the guy for me, if this is the girlfriend. We ask God to send him, but when we bump into the wrong person, are you still asking, God, man, is, is this the, the right person? Because hear me, if we can get these two things down, if we cannot exaggerate our present, if, if, if we can allow our nearsight to advance us to our long-term goals, I'm telling you, hear me, I'm telling you, because I have seen this happen. I've seen both sides of this realm. I've seen people not do this, and I've seen people do this. If you can get this message down, if you can apply this, You'll make better choices and you will live with limited regrets. You'll live with a whole lot fewer regrets if you can get this down. Because hear me, this isn't something that we need more information. This is where we need to do application to our life. Because it's not just the information of the word that changes our life. It's the information plus the application that equals and brings the transformation. And some of you, you've got plenty of information. You just haven't been applying the word. You're like a builder that Jesus says he heard what to do, but he never worked it into his life. And it's like building your house on the sand. When the storms come, it just creaks because you didn't build it right in the first place. Build your life on the rock, not on your feelings, not on present circumstances, but on godly, godly principles. And learn to live your life. Hear me, Lord, I don't want, I'm not trying to keep you from anything. As your pastor, as somebody that has seen people pay price after price after price, I want you to make better choices because it's not your intentions that lead you to the life you want. It's the choices you and I make that get us to the destination. Make wise understanding, better godly choices. Understand what the will of God is for your life. So then that you can be wise and make the most of every opportunity. Get this down and live making better choices and live life with the freedom of fewer regrets. Man, that's invaluable. It's invaluable to look back at your life and be like, you know what? I don't have a lot of regrets, but I really feel like I've made the most of the opportunity of this life that God has given me. Don't get caught up in the moment. But own the moments that God is bringing your way and make the most of every opportunity. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you. And God, I pray for every single one of us in this place. Lord, so many times we just rush around. We just rush around. We go through life as quick as possible trying to do it on our own, what makes sense to us, what, what we need to do. But God, I pray this morning in a culture that gets caught up in the moment, in a culture that exaggerates the present and just kind of ignores the future. Lord, I pray that we would look long-term, that we would not be an Esau. God, we would not exaggerate our present and sacrifice and forfeit the future you have for us. 
God, there's grace, absolutely. There's mercy, there's forgiveness, there's restoration, absolutely. But you have a big, big plan. And I pray, pray that we would step in the bigness of that. And the Lord, in the, in the process of it all, we would take time to allow our nearsight vision. We would get wisdom, we would get understanding, we would get close to things. We would let time, we would let your voice, we would let your words speak to us so that we may get wisdom and understanding and that it would lead us to living a life that's making the most of every opportunity, that is leading us to our long-term goals, that we would live with limited regrets. God, I pray that we would apply your word this morning, that it may bring transformation to us and our situations. It's in Jesus' name I pray with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. We've done this once, but if you're here today, and maybe the very first step for you, maybe the very first thing for you owning your moment is getting things right in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're here and you say, Justin, I'm just not where I need to be, but I want to make a change this morning. When I count to three, just raise your hand. One, two, three. Is there anyone here? I see one more hand. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, yeah, there's one more hand. There's two hands. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, that's me. Man, that's me. There's two hands that are lifted. Is there anyone else before we go any further? Yeah, there's one more hand. There's three hands. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, that's me. I don't want to miss this moment. I don't want to miss this moment. Is there anyone else? You join these three hands. Yeah, there's one more hand. There's four hands. Man, God's doing something right now. Is there anyone else? Maybe you're here and you're just living that life of regret, but this is you making the most of this opportunity right now. Is there anyone else you join these four hands that are lifted? Don't miss this moment. If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today and I confess that I've sinned, that I've messed up, but I ask for your forgiveness. I turn from the life that I was living to take hold of the life you have for me. I ask that your love and grace would enter my life. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Foundation Church, eight people in this service alone have given their heart to Jesus Christ. What an awesome, 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 awesome morning. Man, God is good. What an awesome day. We're still going to have, you know, white and red flannel picnic blankets and lemonade and snow cones and snow cones and snow cones and snow cones, snow cones, snow cones and snow cones and snow cones and snow cones, snow cones, snow cones and snow cones and snow cones and snow cones, snow cones, snow cones and snow cones and snow cones and snow cones, snow cones, snow cones and snow cones and snow cones and snow cones, snow cones, snow cones and 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 snow
snow cones and stuff like that so it's gonna be fun no matter what we hope that you enjoyed this message if you have any questions or want to reach out to us you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv Thank you.